Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we're going through the entire official 2023 combine invite list and giving our thoughts on every single play. Okay, you you know we're not going to go through every single player, but we are going to go through every single position and we're going to talk about what we think matters most from the guys that were for the guys that were invited and who we think needs to stand out in certain ways. What are the big storylines for every single position for the guys that were invited? Sometimes it's measurable, sometimes it's athletic testing, sometimes it's interviews and just intel. Where the NFL is on these guys. Are they higher, lower than the consensus? We find a lot of things out at the Combine. So it's a good conversation about every single position and a lot of guys that we want to discuss. I'm Trevor Sikama. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sycamore. That is Connor Rogers joining you guys on the brand new YouTube channel. If you guys are watching on the new YouTube channel, we appreciate you guys already subscribing. Dude, we had over, over 500 people subscribe to the channel before we even put an episode up, Connor. These are diehard sex addicts out here. You guys are the best. You guys are wonderful. So many different comments and people reaching out to us saying that they would absolutely follow us onto the new channel. I know it's confusing and I know it's some effort to go from one channel to the other. So for everybody who has subscribed already and hopefully to the people who are going to subscribe in the future, we appreciate you guys a lot. It means a ton to us. Connor, how are you feeling this morning? Great, man. Great, man. It's it's awesome to see that kind of support and uh, nothing surprises me anymore with the addicts. They are just an unbelievably truly loyal, loyal, loyal bunch. And for everybody that was a little confused on finding the channel, sorry about that as well. It was, you know, it was there. It was... It was missing for a little bit, then it was back, but it's here. We're here, and if you're listening uh, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and and you are still a YouTube uh, user, please do subscribe. It really helps us out, helps us out with the show so we can do more stuff like this. And, man, I'm excited for today because it's it's that time of year where the Combine list comes out. And, listen, the Combine doesn't necessarily tell you here's who's definitely going to be drafted. There are guys on this list mm-hmm. that won't be drafted. There are snubs. Carl Brooks comes to mind, or if you want an example from last year, I think James Houston wasn't invited to the combine coming off a 16 and a half sack season in college and then was great for the Lions. So it's not a perfect science. Uh, and that's not being Trevor's fault. That's the NFL and NFL scouting department's fault. So we won't take any of the blame there. Nothing's ever our fault. Nothing's ever our fault. We're not responsible no. for any misses on this no. podcast, no, 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 but no. still really important to make sure. Number one, you have all these guys on your draft tracker and for us to go through this list to kind of break down what we're interested in when the combine does arrive. Yeah. So what we're going to do today is we're going to, the official combine list is out. So we're going to go position by position and just kind of have an open conversation of, okay, I'm looking forward to seeing this guy Mm -hmm. at the combine for this reason. Could be measurables, could be a certain drill, uh, could be the interview process or just the, the week in general, because the combine for as much as we love the testing parts of it, the measurable parts of it, it's those intangible or immeasurable parts of what we hear while we are in Indianapolis. Like we got a we get a really good finger on the pulse of what the NFL is believing about a certain player. We could go into a thing and oh yeah, I mean this guy's you know fourth fifth round pick and he's going to be a nice mid round guy. And all of a sudden you hear multiple scouts say, oh no, this is a top fifty player. And you go, whoa, okay, now we've got to adjust things a little bit. So we're going to be doing that for every single position. Um, instead of us reading off every single name yeah, that there helpful. is 
Uh, our incredible producer, Ryan, is going to put together a list of of all of the players from every position as we begin to talk about them. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the full list there. And of course, this isn't just our podcast. We say it all the time. This is a community. This is you guys, NFL Draft Talk as well. So as you see the players on the list, let us know in the comments who you are looking forward to seeing for whatever reason as we kind of go through this conversation. But uh, but if you're ready to get it going, uh, we might as well just start with quarterbacks. Now, yeah, I think I think we get right into it, right? This this is always the group where, you know, everybody knows the household names. And this conversation, Trevor, will start with Bryce Young's height and weight. I mean, let's just be real. That's what everybody's going to be looking at with this group. But it goes deeper than that when you have, um, you know, smaller school guys or even uh, like Tyson Bajent, who was at the Senior Bowl coming out of, uh, you know, not a D1 program in Shepard. And then you have guys like Tanner McKee, who have kind of been forgotten about because he wasn't all-star game eligible. So this is a good chance for him to get back on the scene. Yeah. And then, of course, all the buzz of how high can Anthony Richardson go. It feels like the Combine is an event built for Anthony Richardson. So this is a very interesting group that has first-round talent, projected first-round players, and, of course, those small school day three dart throws as well. I got some good questions about the quarterback position. Can can we just can we have the over under discussion right now? Can we set it for Bryce Absolutely. Young? The over under. All right. So Alabama, we're going to do this right here on the show, and I want I want people to comment on it as well and hit us up on what they think whether it's over under. Alabama has Bryce Young listed at six feet tall. No way. One hundred and ninety four pounds. I'm going to set the over under. At five ten and a half, do you think he's over or under five ten and a half? Man, I think I think that's the push. I right do, there. I do, I do too. So you got to, but you got to go. You got to go. I'll go under. I'll say, I'm, I'll say he's five ten and a quarter. I'm going to say under two. I think that uh, I think five ten and a half is probably where he's going to 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 measure in at. But stretch him out. If anything, I think it's going to be lower. I think it's going to be Me under too. five ten and a half. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go with under on that one for the weight. I was just going to say over under 188. He'll he'll get over that for the combine because Thanks. it's amazing what you can do with your body when you eat pizza. Had, when you eat pizza, when you're, <laughs> when you're when you're training for an event like this and we know how dedicated of a guy he is, yeah. he'll get over that. What's more important to me, I I know what he played at um so i don't really know if it means anything to me personally if he comes like yeah great you got your weight up for the combine it's not i I just this is not a guy to me that's going to be consistently playing at 215 okay you you know what he played at is it under 188 yes yes i think 18 allegedly i'll say i'm gonna say under I think he at comes, the combine. I think he comes in at like 186. He he will not go number one overall if that happens. <gasps> I, we've never. I have we ever seen that? I'm trying to think. Go to mock. What, what, uh, what did Kyler come in at? I know he was heavier than that. Yeah, Kyler, Kyler was definitely heavier then. And Ky, once again, I hate the throwing to Kyler, and I just did what I hate because <laughs> nobody nobody moves like Kyler Murray in terms of. And now he's hurt, so this is even dumber. But to protect himself like Kyler legitimately okay the smallest quarterback I didn't mean to cut you off sorry it's okay Pat sm- White. uh Pat White is the sixth lightest oh, wow. quarterback and he was 197 at the combine oh wow that surprises me Derek King was 196 not a quarterback 
Seneca Wallace was 196. Okay. And Seneca the, had a long career. And the lightest quarterback that Mock Draftable has in their database is 192 pounds. Joe Hamilton out of Georgia Tech in 2000. Joe Hamilton was five foot 10, 192. That was the zeroth and zeroth percentile. I mean, Stetson Bennett's going to. That's what, but, under that. but that's what Bryce Young's going to be, right? I think he, I think he gets to the one nineties for the combine, but, but that's what, that's what Joe Hamilton is here. He's, yeah. he's, at, Joe Hamilton's at one ninety two, and he's Man. still in the zeroth percentile. Yeah. Kyler was two Oh seven, by the way. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle, that's, Kyle was that's like, fine. Kyle had some muscle, muscle, muscle. Like when you're five ten and an eighth, which is, I, this is where I think Bryce is. I think Bryce is five ten and eighth, five ten and a quarter. And he'll be in the 190s. You're right, Trevor. We've never seen this. And you and I both have him as QB1. So we're not... This no is question, a- QB1. That's the thing to me. It's it's a different league right now. It really is. Where I think guys that scouted in the 90s, the 2000s decade, even 2010. Like, mm. there's no way you could take someone like that. Oh, no. No, no, but no, But no, this no. is a different game for quarterbacks. I don't, I don't think... And I don't, I don't mean this as a shot to Bryce at all. I think he is so talented. He is one of the best football players I've watched over the last couple of years. He gets okay. this, this, this kid's game better than so many other people do. And I think that absolutely matters, especially for the quarterback position. But if you fast, if you take take us back twenty years, Bryce doesn't even get the chance to play. No, no, he doesn't get the chance. No. He, I mean, he'd be playing, he'd be playing corner, or he'd be playing wide receiver or something. Like yeah, he wouldn't probably, even honestly probably like slot receiver. He wouldn't grow up playing quarterback. He just wouldn't have. return man, which is weird to think of Bryce as that because he's not even that electric dude. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on his scouting report. Could play special teams. Could play man. kick return. It just goes to show you, you know what? It's, it's good that we're having this combo instead of us having to yell. Why is Bryce young? Not a top 10 pick. Yeah. I I like this case. Yeah. I like this better, but anyways, that's so that's what, that's what our over I'm setting the over under at one eighty eight and a half for Bryce young to measure in at weight wise. And then five, 10 and a half height wise. You guys overweight. You guys tell me in the comments. Wow, Connor! Definitely not that <laughs> out here, out here, out here, shaming, shaming. this guy. Way shaming. Um, let us know where you are in the over/under Bryce Young um, measurement sweepstakes. I'm going to go under on both. I really, I think he's going to be like five ten, maybe five ten and a half. That's why I think it's a good number. But then I think he's going to be like one eighty six, sort of thing. I've looked at every like thing on Twitter of people posting pictures of him next to other people. Yeah, I do. I, I've stood next to him. Oh, okay. Oh, so you should you should know this then. Why do you think I I set the over under at five yeah. ten and a half? Guess how yeah. tall I am. Yep. I'm okay. six four two forty. That's what that's, that's no. I'm just yeah, yeah. No, you are. You are, and you know you were looking down on him. I mean, hi, you know, if I wasn't six two two forty, hypothetically, let's say that I was five ten and a half, and I stood next to him, and we're we're about eye level. That's kind of where I get the number. Okay. But I'm 6'4", wow. 240. So, I mean, that's, of course, so, yeah, a different scenario. Here's another question. Do we think Anthony Richardson does anything in Indianapolis? He should throw. He should throw. Should he? Yes. He has everything to gain from throwing. Yeah, but... I, so, I, I, or I agree you with you. Everybody kicks it to pro day. I, that's true. Yeah, right. It's more comfortable. It's more scripted. You're right. 
You're right. I like the I like the confidence when guys go to the combine and throw, but I understand why they don't. It's not a good environment. Like for people that are listening that are like, why wouldn't you throw? It's a the way the combine's structured and it changes year to year. You don't get a lot of sleep if you're a player. You're not well rested. You're tired. You're in unfamiliar territory. You're not always throw like pro day, everything's laid out. You could be like, I can get nine hours of sleep. I can wake up in my apartment, have my breakfast routine, throw to guys I've been training with for a month. So I understand why you wouldn't throw at the combine, but the spectacle of it. That's why I bring it up. He, he, I agree. I agree with you right off the bat. I agree with you completely. He, if he could go out there and just absolutely rope it straight to these wide receivers and almost look like the best quarterback who's out there throwing, that would do wonders for his style. Yeah. But do you want a guy who is still working on his accuracy accuracy issues throwing in a non-familiar environment with wide receivers he's never thrown to and drills that he's probably only really been doing over the last couple of months, whatever. That's why, because I, and and I ask you the question because I had the exact same reaction that you did. Of course, mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson's got to throw. And then I thought about it more. I'm like, are we not going to see him do anything? Because I mean, you know, why would you, why would you run if everybody already thinks you're the fastest? I'm gonna be this. I'm gonna be this disappointed if he doesn't do anything. But he can I, own I do Indy. think there's a chance he doesn't do anything. So say he comes in at six three and a half, two hundred twenty seven pounds. Okay, which is almost are, almost can co-host. Almost can co-host. Those are actually down from his listed. He's listed six four two thirty two. So I'm just I'm lowering it just a smidge here, and that would still be great size. And runs a four five at that weight, and just throws the ball out of the arena mm-hmm. dude I, I don't know i just think it's an event that anthony richardson should go own there's there's no doubt that it would help him i would run i would jump i would throw i would bench if i was anthony richardson <gasps> i would bench you imagine just he i mean he would absolutely crush he would demolish everyone and then yeah. trevor for a full month All right, every now I'm talk look show every single talk show would be should Anthony Richardson go number one overall? Uh, all right. The what do you think the bench press record is at the combine since 1999 for quarterbacks? 24. Close. It's 26. Who did it? Jason Boltus from Hartwick in Here- 2009. <laughs> who are you? Yeah. <laughs> who the hell is that? Which uh, is? Who the hell is that? Here's my question. How many quarterbacks have benched in combine history? Uh, I don't have that number off the top of my head. There's only it's... two pages on mock draftable. Oh, like. shoot. Oh, no, oh, wait. No, no, there's not. No, there's not. There's more. Oh. No, there's only one. One? Yep. There's only one page. Uh, One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Of course, Brady Quinn benched. Of course he, he did. And he did and he 24 reps. He killed it. Guys out here like an actual tank. I need to... Jason Boltus. I need to see this. Yeah, man. I need to see him from Harwick College. Oh, he's got the he's got the frosted tips in one of his pictures. <laughs> no way. Oh, looks like he's a coach now. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got you got to be. You got to be. Jason Boltus, our okay, bench-pressing king. I could see this guy throwing up some weight. 
I could. I All right, could so Anthony that. Richardson. Yeah, but I legitimately think he could challenge that record. I mean, if he if he trained for it for sure. But like you just, I don't think you want to do that to your rotator cuffs as a quarterback prospect. No, probably. There's just not. no reason to do that. Uh, we spent way more time on quarterback than I thought we were going to. You have to. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm obviously I'm looking forward to hearing the talk on Will Levis, where the NFL really believes that he is. Hendon Hooker's kind of the same way, man. We heard that Me he was too. great in interviews over the Senior Bowl. I'd love to continue to hear um, what the update is on Hendon, how high he could possibly go. I mean, I'm thinking maybe back end of the day two right now for Hendon, which is I, I, I wouldn't I would not have thought before. Stetson Bennett, obviously somebody that I'd like to get some uh, some opinions on there. CJ Stroud's official measurables, all that. But um, yeah, so that's the that's the quarterback position. Um, you guys can let us know what guys you want. We're going to running back next. As I'm kind of looking at this running back list, obviously Tank Big Tank Bigsby from Auburn is a big one for me because I had him as RB two in the class uh, when we did it in our, our early running back rankings. I feel like he is just a really good combination of size, speed, and strength. I mean, especially this past year, he looked a lot more balanced and when he was running, that was an issue that I had with him uh, the year the year prior. The talent was certainly there. The ability was there, but it felt like he was tripping and on the ground and just not getting yards after contact the way that I felt like he could have. Now we've got a really good, uh, a really good measurable combination, and I want to just see how agile he is, how explosive he is, all that stuff. But um, another name that's really standing out to me is Zach Charbonnet from UCLA, right? How fast are you? Let's, let's, let us, let's quantify some athleticism here because yeah, when you watch, you know, six foot two, 225 pounds, Zach Charbonnet, and then you watch, you know, smaller Jameer Gibbs, they're not going to be the same kind of player. They're going to move at different speeds, but for the weight adjusted athleticism, I feel like Charbonnet is pretty dang good. So I'd love to put some numbers to it. See how we test, but those those are those are two guys that I think could uh, make some money, if you will, in Indianapolis by testing pretty well. My eyes are on Devon A. Chain, of course. I, I think he can run in the four twos. I really do. I just think this is a a Would Dallas track star. If you go in the four twos, and he's had a good college career, it's not like he's this guy that's like, hey, if I run in the four twos, could go from a UDFA to a fourth rounder. I mean, he's somebody that I've said before, I think on this show that I've seen some job at best in his game when I watch a chain who unfortunately had his NFL career cut short. And then I think went to the Olympics after that, which is just, am I mixing it? No, was that uh, the Olympics? No, am I thinking of uh, the Giants running back? I forget job at best. I might be mixing him up with the, uh, the Giants running back. Who got her and then went to the Olympics. Oh, uh, David Wilson, David Wilson. Definitely went to the Olympics. What did Best do? Javid Best went to the 2016 Olympics. Thank you. I I overthought that. Best yes. ran Best ran a 10:39 in the 100 meter and did not advance to the semifinals. Still unbelievable. Uh, only had a two year career in the NFL, unfortunately, because of injury. But he would have been a really good player without that. And, and did David I, Wilson also go to the Olympics? I I don't know why I thought he did something else after football. That would be wild. After ending his NFL career due to a neck injury, Wilson announced that he's planning to return to track and field as a triple jumper. Okay, I, I was kind of right. Not the Olympics, but definitely went back to track and field. Yeah, he didn't go to the Olympics. Failed to reach the final of the 2015 Adidas Grand Prix. Finished ninth after posting a jump of 14.66 meters, which means nothing to me, but respect to uh, yeah. to David Wilson. So, a chain. Might go in the four twos. If he sure. does, that would be the story of the running back group. Um, you want to go to wide receivers here? Uh, I'm or looking at something else. 
Well, I, I'd, I'd love I'd love for Tajay Spears from Tulane to continue the momentum. You know, I'd love for him to have yeah. a good combine week. Great, great senior bowl week. Love to see what he tests uh, at. You know, I'm curious to see what Sean Tucker's agility drills are specifically, right? Because I think you and I were on the same page with him as outside of our top five running back rankings and love the straight line speed, but it just felt like that lateral movement was not there for him nearly as as, as much as the explosive straight line speed was. So a lot of those highlights are going to blow you away and you're going to be like, holy cow, look at this yep. back. He's big, he's powerful. And I, I, I love Sean Tucker. He was my RB2 coming into the year, but the more I watched him this year, it was just like, man, when they took away that lane to really just go, get vertical up the field, when they, they made him try to use his agility, he just wasn't the same. And I'm interested to see what he his agility uh, drills are going to be. You know, the short shuttle, the three cone, um, all that stuff. So those two. And then the last one I'll give a shout out to. Keaton Mitchell, the running back from ECU. I like Keaton Mitchell, man. Mm. He's an underrated player in this class. I want to see how he tests. I like the tape, man. I have not watched a ton of him, but I, I watched a bunch of him live this year. Okay. And every time I watched him live, I was like, this is the best dude for ECU. No question about it. And it felt like he was a takeover kind of running back for him. So I got to get to some all 22 of them. I knew I was going to get to it after the combine, but um, those are some players as well. Last one I'll shout out. Um, Mo Ibrahim. Mo yeah. Ibrahim, just, a, just an incredibly productive running back during his career at Minnesota. What's he test like? And And more importantly, I want to hear what people think about Mo Ibrahim because – I don't think anyone has like a bad word to say about him other than, okay, maybe he's not the most athletic back in the class, but like, where do you draft an Uber productive back like him? Yeah. And it's I, had the Achilles I, already. I don't know. I don't know what, uh, what the majority of thoughts are for him, but incredibly productive career at Minnesota. So that's somebody who I'm, I'm looking forward to just getting some Intel on for sure. But yeah, let's move on to wide receiver. Yeah, what do you our, got? our post combine running back preview will be very long. Like we did the top five, and I know the comments were filled with, how do you not mention this guy, this guy, this guy? Those shows are very structured to be about the top five. The post-combine ranking shows could be top 15s or you know top 12s that have a ton of guys outside of it that we talk about. And the running back right. one will probably be our longest one. But then you go to wide receivers, which is traditionally always long. A lot of invites here, Trevor. Ton. Like a, a overwhelming amount. And this is a group that over the years – uh, it's grown. How many wide receivers are drafted every single year? So last year it was 28, 2021 it was 34, 2020 it was 37. I would I would say that it's mid high 30s every year. It just has kind of hit this mark where you get to 30 almost every year. Mm -hmm. Pretty much every year, almost of this last decade, wide receivers just go, um, and that's that's a trend that. I mean, it's it's kind of changed. We were kind of hovering around like 27, 28. So this is a group that you always have to do all your homework on. And this one especially because, man, dividing this up is really, really difficult. A lot of this, there's two guys for me here that are, sure, they're obvious, but you have to talk about the obvious. Jackson Smith and Jigba, how he tests is going to be the big story, no Number matter one. what. Number but I, one. I think yes. ju almost just as importantly, because there are significant questions about this guy across the board, Kayshawn Boutte, I, I mean... We watched him over summer. I don't remember where either of us had him, but he mattered a lot over summer. Massive expectations. Was in almost every single preseason round one mock draft, it felt like. Yep. And, and honestly, and I'm not saying this is all his fault, but just kind of fell on his face this year at LSU. He really didn't do anything to establish himself as a top 50 pick. 
I don't think at first it felt like he wasn't going to the draft. I'd actually deleted him from my doc from early reports mm-hmm. that he was going to transfer. And then he ends up in the draft. So now he's back on the scouting scene. I mean, this is a huge opportunity for him to get back on track. Those, I mean, those are the first two that come to my mind. Jackson Smith and Jigba and how he tests is obviously going to be the biggest story because if he can test more athletic than people think that he is, then he'll probably be wide receiver one in this class. Uh, yeah. Like he, he'll probably he can he can probably lock up wide receiver one with a really good week in Indy, and I, I just don't know what he's going to test at at this point. So that's huge. Keishawn Butte is absolutely one of the primary examples of where's the intel like because where's the intel at with the rest of the nfl how do they view this guy because he wasn't going to declare for the draft and it's it was not a good year i mean you go back to summer scouting i don't remember where you had him i can't remember if we didn't watch a ton of i don't think i had him in my top five but maybe i had him a lot lower in the top five i just remember i didn't like him like i was like okay this this guy is way more he wins off athleticism way more than you would want to. Like he's not that polished of a receiver. He's not making contested catches. He's just that that crazy stretch of five, six games, whatever it was between his freshman and sophomore year. Like that was all him just winning at, on athleticism and getting an insane amount of yards after the catch. So I felt like he was an incomplete receiver already going into this year. Doesn't really gel with Brian Kelly's new coaching staff coming in at LSU it was really up and down from the very beginning, that first game against Florida state when he wasn't getting targets. And then they were showing him on the sideline and he was pissed. And then it's like, all right, and he's in the lineup. He's out of the lineup. Uh, there was a story about LSU that happened during bowl season, which I will just tell you guys to look up. If you would like to look up of maybe a reason why he's in the draft class now, instead of, uh, cause he, he initially said that he was going to come back. He initially yeah. said, no, I'm going to come back to LSU. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it was like, nope, I'm going to the draft. And people were like, okay. So it was I, weird. It was, this is a guy who, like you said, has been in the first round of mocks that um, I, I just want to figure out what people think about him. So I had him as wide receiver three in our summer scouting. I'm going back to see. Um, okay. I, don't I, I can't, I'm trying to find if you had him anywhere. I don't, I don't think you did. I, um, I, I didn't like him. I and thought he was. I thought his profile was very incomplete. He's just a traits guy. And then here's the thing: when the traits don't do anything during the college season, you fall off a cliff. So, and maybe people will, you go, well, oh, Jackson Smith and Jigba didn't do anything this season. I saw Jackson Smith and Jigba absolutely destroy college football the year before. Oh, that. right, he had 1600 like, yards. Like that's I mean, not the same. Different the stratosphere same. than Keishon Butte. And I don't, I, I don't agree. share the same commitment concerns. I always try to be super polite or, um, you know, very surface level when we get into a, a character and everything like that. I'm not saying Butte is a bad person. I'm just saying it's going to be a part of his process. Mm-hmm. What like what went on at LSU? Why were you not the star that everybody made you out to be? Right. So he's a fascinating guy to watch. And I, I know a lot of people in the draft community uh, will really gravitate to him because he's an explosive player. And you always fall, you always fall into the like what they can be at the next level. So, and then you get Trevor. One more for me on this for sure is Tyler Scott from Cincinnati because he's just going to run well. He's going to run sub four four. I think he goes four threes. Everybody's looking for explosive threats in a wide receiver class that's been lacking them. We know mm-hmm. Jalen Hyatt should run well. Tyler Scott's the other guy that should be a vertical threat that should run pretty well in this uh, on this track. 
Uh, a couple other ones that I've got my eye on. Jordan Addison, I want to see what he weighs at, right? Uh, USC has got him listed at six feet tall, 175 pounds. I mean, like that's we, – we, we talk about Tank Dell being super small. And like Tank Dell measured in the senior bowl at 163. So like that's that's way small. But body frame, basically the only difference between Tank Dell and Jordan Addison, at least for the numbers that are out there, is the fact that Tank Dell is listed at five foot eight. Jordan Addison's listed at six foot. So if you give me those four inches, that basically makes up for the 10 pound difference that you got sure. there on him. So uh, people are talking about Jordan Addison potentially being a wide receiver one from this class. Can you draft a wide receiver one of a guy who is sub 80? Are you comfortable with that? Is he six feet tall? That's I, I think measurables are pretty big for Jordan Addison and his uh, and his stock evaluation. Obviously, like how fast is Jalen Hyatt run? That's something that's huge, right? Because if he can get if he can get low four threes, then yeah, you're talking about a really great vertical weapon who's obviously been able to put that vertical ability out on tape as the Bolitnikoff winner this past year. I'm interested to see in AT Perry's straight line yeah, speed. Matters you know, a lot. How fast is AT Perry? I had AT Perry as my wide receiver one going into the season because I felt as though the size and speed combination for him was really good. How complete he looked as a vertical wide receiver. And then, you know, you, you watch him a little bit closer and you go, mm, all right. Not really separating from these defenders with speed. He more so does it with like subtle physicality. You know, he's really great at extending the arm in a way that's not going to draw OPI, but still gives him the ability to make a deep contested catch. What's he going to run? Because uh, if he runs, if he's got a really good time, then I'm going to be. I'm, I'm. Then I look at his back. Okay, back right. There's there's a lot there to like. You know, so I I'm hoping that that happens. But Rasheed Rice, another player who I think it's it's paramount how athletic he looks yes his bread and butter anyway is contested catch x receiver at the sideline ability kind of a guy but if you could show a little bit more athleticism maybe you can go even higher because i know that he's got some big fans in this draft community and then the final two that i'll just shout out parker washington my guy from penn state would love for parker washington to have a great weekend because i really do like the tape smaller about five foot 11 but 215 pounds as a bigger a stronger slot receiver mm-hmm. who can get you good yards after the catch. 90% contested catch percentage this past year, according to our database. So a guy that I really consistent hands catcher, somebody that I just, I love how he approaches attacking the football when it's in the air. And then the last guy, senior bowl shout out Michael Wilson from Stanford. How athletic are you? Let's put it, let's put it out there. Let's see it against the rest of this class because I don't want to, I don't want to put words in, in Mike Renner's mouth or anything, but I think when we were watching Wilson, he's like, dude, his tape at the senior bowl is, is almost like top 50 worthy in this class right now. He's like, because there's not a lot of solidified outside receivers who can do what he showed even in those three days of the senior bowl. So if he tests really well, athletically, uh, maybe he is a top 50, top 60 guy. We'll see. You never know. It's a wide receiver class. That's that's so desperately looking for size. And Wilson is a guy that's, you know, uh, a well-built wide receiver. He'll probably sure. come. I'd have to pull up his senior bowl measurement. I know Stanford listed him at 6'2", 209. I think he's going to play at 215. He's He's got a big frame, long strides. Um, same for Cedric Tillman from Tennessee, who you'd like to see run well as another guy that missed some time this year. But when he plays, he's been a good player. So that brings us to the tight end situation where... Oh, wait, oh. Michael Wilson Michael Wilson was 6'1 and a half, 216. Just to, yeah, just he's, that's thick. Yeah, I mean he, he's he's gonna he's gonna play probably close to two twenty at the NFL level, young man. Tight ends. Um, I mean the number one thing for me is, 
it seems like everybody has massive expectations for Luke Musgrave in terms mm-hmm. of how athletic he is. I want to see it out there because here's the reality with Luke Musgrave for as high as he's being, you know, projected and all these things. And Jim Nagy, who directs the senior bowl, had a really good tweet on this. He said top size speed combo at senior bowl, Luke Musgrave, who had 16th fastest max speed, 20.05 miles per hour of any player at 255 pounds. That's, I mean, he's obviously testing really well in the GPS out there. He didn't play a lot of football this year. He got hurt. So when there's no tape to really watch of him for a guy being projected in the top 40 picks, Indy matters so much to you because I think he can be a really uh, talented wide receiving tight end weapon, right? Up the seam, good acceleration, but if he doesn't test like everybody's projecting, then all of that goes away in my eyes. He's just another he's another guy that's solid for late day two kind of situation. And I mean, as much as everybody loves Dalton Kincaid, and I think he's, as you say, Trevor, a good football player, like you're not a round one tight end if you are an average older athlete. So this, like he needs to test really, really well to live up to being a top 20-ish pick in my eyes. I mean, that was... You know that's always been rich for my blood. Like I, I think Extremely. I had him. I think I had him tight end four. Um, I had Merritt one. I had Darnell Washington two. I had Dalton Kincaid at three. Comfortably, I had those three ahead. And then I believe well, I, I had very uh, similar. Yeah, then show. I had had Musgraves at four. But um, I think he's a good tight end. I just he is I, no absolutely. I, I don't, but I agree with you completely. He'd really have to test off the charts in order to be picked, even in my opinion, as a first rounder. He would have to test pretty off the charts, which, I, I, again, I'm not, I'm not betting on. But that's just, that's just me. Well, uh, how, how, here's the thing. Okay, uh, ra- round one tight ends, right? Since 2010. Okay. Jermaine Gresham, Tyler Eifert, Eric Ebron, David Njoku, Evan Ingram, OJ Howard, Hayden Hurst, Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts. Outside of. Luke Four Musgrave of those should not be the next tight end on that list. Kincaid, Musgrave, like, do they fit in that mold? Number one, most of those guys didn't even come close to living up to their draft status. Not even close. So, so Jay Howard Slander? Yeah, so Jay, absolutely so Jay, is. So, so Jay Howard Slander? Damn no right. No one stand for it? No one stand for it? Now, that being said, this is a really good class that I think there's going to be tons of starters drafted on day two from. Like yeah. I think Tucker Tucker Craft's a good player. I thought Davis Allen made some plays down at the Senior Bowl. The Clemson tight end, big bodied, another seam route runner, and then you get into you know the world of uh, the guys that could all challenge for round one. Darnell Washington. It's, it's just interesting. Like, do you think some of these guys actually don't even run because they can only hurt themselves at this point with how high they're being projected? Uh, if anybody's not going to run, it's Mayor. Mm-hmm. I was but, saying the same thing. But is but is Michael Mayer really going to be that guy who shows up to the combine and doesn't do anything? That's not him. I don't know. I can't really see it. I just can't That's really see him. It. So I I I think Michael Mayer is the most important tight end here. I would say Darnell Washington is next, right? Because <laughs> like if Darnell Washington can test really well, I looked at I, I looked it up in on Feldman's freak list. Darnell Washington's not on the list. But Brock Bowers is, and there's a sentence about Darnell Washington that says that Darnell Washington can run in the four sixes. 
Like if you get a guy who's six foot seven, 280 pounds tight end, and he's running the four sixes, like I'm get, like, I'm picking that guy who blocks like a tackle. I'm picking that guy over whatever Musgraves in the first round, right? How did it's we easy. get here? I don't like, know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't all right. know. All right. So well, I, I'm looking forward to see how he tests for sure. You want to go to O-line? Yeah, why not? Who are we talking about with O-line? I mean, I feel like we've done so much of this group from the Senior Bowl. Obviously, this is now a chance for the top dogs, whether it's Skaronsky, Paris Johnson, Broderick. Okay, so let's start right there. Number one, this is the most important thing from the O-line group. Peter Skaronsky's arm length. Of course, right. I hate how, like, we're just touching on low-hanging fruit to start these, but we have to because we are always trying to deliver to the audience what is really what you're going to hear about before you Mm -hmm. hear about it. When you turn on the combine or you listen to shows that are recapping the combine or previewing the combine, these are this is what the talking points are. And Skaronsky's arm length is insane, but could dictate him going seventh overall or outside of the top ten. And I really mean that. Doesn't mean I agree with it. He'll be a top ten player for me, but that, that's the reality where we are right now. I agree. Obviously, that's the. Skaronsky's arm length is is unfortunately by far the uh the most important thing um these are the worst combos no right? and, and we obviously won't spend a ton of time on o-line because o-line play is evaluated with pads on at an all 22 end zone angle right i mean like that's how you're evaluating o-line play you're not 100%. evaluating o-line team o-line play at the combine but what you are evaluating is that is the measurables part of it so that is you know, a, a lot of people might listen to this part of the podcast and be like, oh, you guys are like nitpicking little things about O-line play. Just so you you know, we don't think that's the most important part of it. But no. the takeaways from O-line is going to be about the measurables. I am also interested to see, and I noted this w- when we were down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, but what is Osiris towards his weight? Because yeah. he, was, <laughs> he, he was listed at 347 at Florida. Uh, I think he probably played yeah right around 350. I feel like that was his weight. And I did feel like he carried some unnecessary weight while he was at Florida. He measured in at the con- or at the senior bowl at 337. So at least 10 pounds lighter than what Florida had him listed at this season, which I thought his body looked better. Does he get even closer to 330? Because I think that finding a healthy uh weight between 330 and 335 i feel like is the sweet spot for torrance like he's not going to be carrying unnecessary weight he's not going to be slower with his feet than he needs to be but he could still be that powerful earth mover that he has been uh over the last couple of years especially this last year in the sec so i am very intrigued to see if he can get below 335 like does is he really kind of taking that to heart, taking the weight to heart, the dieting to heart, and can he get between 330 and 335? Because I think that will that will also be big for him. Um, so, yeah, he's – the, the rest of the guys in the, on this list, you know, Darnell Wright, we saw him at the Senior Bowl. Dewan Jones, we saw him at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I suppose how Broderick Jones and Paris Johnson Jr. test athletically could be a big difference maker, right? If either of those guys just – move crazy well explosive smooth show up um show up with the measurables that we wanted to and the height and the weight if that's the case maybe they vault themselves up to that offensive tackle one category but i that's what i believe the the big storyline is going to be is 
Skaronsky's arm and then Paris Johnson Jr. and Broderick Jones athleticism. Like who's going to come out of Indy as offensive tackle one? That's going to be that's going to be pretty huge. That's going to be the news. It's going to be massive. I think that right now it feels like Paris is in line for that. I think yeah. I still think Skaronsky has the high, higher floor. I mean, when you look at Broderick, he's God, he's a big dude that's really athletic, that has insane recruiting background and was good as a one-year starter to back it up. So, yeah, I, I think that's the big thing right there. And then I, I'm ready for D-line, but I don't want to jump the gun if you had more on. No. I, you know what? I'm excited to see your guy, Anton Harrison, because I think he had a great year. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, yeah. I think he's the least talked about rookie starting offensive lineman, right? Like, Paris, Skronsky, um, Broderick, Darnell Wright, probably even Dewan Jones, like the, all the centers, they, like they're going to start as rookies. I just think people get spooked when you talk about offensive linemen and strength being an issue, especially in year three of them starting. And that was yeah. still kind of in an the, issue with in, Anton Harrison. In so, that conference where... Yeah, yeah. I don't really... Yeah, there's not a lot of... Okay, I don't I don't want to... I don't want to slight the Big 12 too much, but, you know... You put Anton Harrison in the SEC. How's he faring? Right. So that's a fair that's, question. That's just, that's just the way that I'm going to say it. Before we move over to defense, because that wraps up things on the offensive side of the football. What if I told you guys that you could have invested in Tom Brady's stock, individual stock as a player, as a rookie? Now that he is retired, your investment would have been worth over 4,000% if you sold it. Right when he retired. Now it's not a what if, now it's a who's next. Mojo, the all new sports stock market, lets you invest in your favorite athletes like stocks and cash in on your passions. You sign up right now on the Apple App Store to get your first stock for free, worth up to tens of thousands of dollars. Over 300 players are listed on Mojo right now. Go long and make money when an underrated diamond in the rough breaks out, or you can even short sell an overrated rival if that's how you want to make some change. Prices move with every play, every game, and every headline, so you can buy and sell instantly anytime all year long, so that action never stops. Mojo is live in New Jersey right now. Download Mojo in the Apple App Store today and start turning your playmakers into moneymakers. Must be 21 years or older to use Mojo and located in New Jersey to make trades. If you got a gambling problem, help us available at 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit mojo.com for more details. Defensive line. Big group. They just group them all. Interior defensive yeah, linemen, edge mess. rushers. Not well done by the NFL. We are still living in a world where it's defensive linemen and linebackers. So you get Will Anderson with the linebackers. But... Is it, it, wait, is Will Anderson fit? Uh... It's so dumb. This is stupid. Stupid. How are it's we? It's stupid. It's, it's 2023 and we're still doing this. Why are we doing this? I just, it's, I mean, this is also the league that has people run around with, cha- with a chain gang to measure. Okay. So that's <laughs> why. Literally humans carrying around orange sticks with chains to measure. Hey, all due respect. Hey, we know Darnell Washington just ran 27 miles an hour. But uh, here comes two humans carrying around orange sticks to measure the football spot. You're triggered right now. I just, I am it's pretty disgusting triggered. looking at this list. It is sick. Sickening. Uh, the most important to me. Set it home. Tyree Wilson, right? Oh, okay. Not where I was going, but I like it. Who'd you think it was going to be? Who'd you think it was going to say? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he might be five foot ten. Not that I care. He, he genuinely what, might be five. What's Pittsburgh 10. got him listed at? Six feet. 
what is it, six feet two eighty? Yeah. Uh, they got him listed at six feet two eighty. Oh no, Connor. <laughs> oh no. They couldn't list him six foot one, so we like we're like, ah, you're right. six feet tall. All right, so the over under on Kalijah Cansey, the defensive tackle is the same as Bryce Young. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Man, he's so freaking good though. And I like both of them. Love them. What Love a strange them. class this is. No, that's obviously big. Um yeah, there's only let me look up mock well, draftable. Let's go to with Kalaja, I feel like your brain kind of gravitates towards to like Grady Jarrett, but Grady Jarrett was six one. Three oh four. I don't do think, think who do you who do you think the smallest defensive tackle has been at the combine over oh, the I last should know, I should know this over the last twenty four years. Can I guess the height? You can guess the height. I think the height's like five nine and a half. Uh it is O'Brien. Who is this? O'Brien Goodson. Oh, wait, from last year's class? I don't remember this player. He is from where's the school? Memphis. He was five foot ten and one fourth. And okay. he was two hundred and seventy-six pounds. He's not in the NFL. The Next smallest player is a handful, which are tied for six feet even. Oh, so this is like, Kalaja Kansas is going in like 3% tile. Oh, if he, te- oh, if, if he Kalaj- goes under six feet, if Kalaja Kansas is under six feet, he will be in the zeroth percentile for defensive tackles in the NFL. Oh, this is a doozy, huh? Yeah, it's tough. And now hopefully Pittsburgh is just not up to date on the listing. And he actually is like six feet and a half or once again, I don't personally care that much, but what would six feet and a half be? Uh, six feet and a half would be the second percentile. Nice. Nice. Oh, love boy. love to bet on outliers, baby. Yeah, we're we are becoming the outlier pod, which is uh No, I don't I don't I don't want to be that. Don't no, you dare. I, I, I am, I am a stickler of not making a habit of that. I know, but this class right, hopefully is six feet tough. tall. I, yeah, okay, here's the question. Mm-hmm. Do you think he translates on the edge in situational packages? I think he can do it. I mean, yeah, it's situational packages, but like... But the question is, is that worth a first-round pick? And he's probably not. No. He, he's probably yeah, I mean, a second-round guy. He's only worth a first-round pick if you're, if you're playing him at three technique and you think he could win at three technique. Yeah, and then Zach Martin gets his hands on you and Tony Pollard runs for 900 yards through the A-gap and you're like, wait, why do we do this? In one play. In one play. He's just running through all of Dallas, Texas. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that one's tough. That's tough. Um, All right. Now you know what we're watching. But go back to Tyree. I completely invaded where you wanted to start this thing. No, 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 no. The two of the names that pop out to me immediately are Lucas Van Ness and Tyree Wilson. Like, I want to know what the NFL really thinks of these guys. Uh, Mel Mel Kuyper had them both in his top 12, right? Daniel Jeremiah had him, had both those guys in, at least in his mock draft. I can't remember what his top 50 was, but both those guys were in the top 12 of his mock draft as well. So what do these guys come in at measurably? We think that they're going to be, we think that they're going to really stand out in that regard. And so you obviously want to just make sure that's, that's, that's a fact. Um, Tyree Wilson, the entire scouting report around him is how big, how tall, how long he is. So does he have that insane 
wingspan that everybody talks about the uh, mid eighties, upper eighties wingspan Lucas Van Ness. I'd like to see how explosive he is, man. That, that's what I really want to see because I think that shows up on tape in his best reps. Can you count on that being something that is a, um, I guess I'll say a baseline to his game as he really works out his pass rush profile. Cause right now he's just a bull rusher. Like to me, Lucas Van Ness is just a speed to power player. And I want to know that I'd actually, I mean, I'd love to see his agility as well, because I'd love to combine that, that explosiveness with the agility scores to say, okay, look at all the different pass rush things I might be able to do, how I can really um, attack the outside shoulder and then move yeah. inside and be able to do that crossing the face in different ways. It's so clay. that's something that I would like to see from him. I just, I, I hope that he tests really well, especially for where he's being mocked because he's going to need it with um, as few reps as I feel like he has. Um, over the last couple of years at Iowa, especially because he, he was playing on the interior before, and and now we're projecting him as an edge rusher. Um, but yeah, I mean those are those are the two guys that really stand out to me. You know, a lot of the other players, Siaki Ika. I mean, I kind of already know what he's he's gonna. You know, he's gonna have short arms. I, I'd like for him to show some good explosiveness of the ten yard split from the forty yard dash, but I feel like he's going to show that, so I'm not really worried about it. Um, I guess Miles Murphy, you know, how he tests. Yeah, it's a big one. Is going to be huge. Zach Harrison. Yeah. Who, who it, didn't get, you know, who wasn't at the Senior Bowl. Um, need, need, to see the was. need to see Here, the measurables there. One more, Trevor, to uh, complain about how this is formatted. Mm-hmm. How about 235-pound Nolan Smith being with the D-line? Drew Sanders and Nick Herbig are with the linebackers. Nolan Smith is with the D-line. It doesn't make sense. Just wild. Brian Brzee, that's the Intel guy from this group, right? Yeah. What's the NFL think about Brian Brzee? Definitely the Intel guy. What's the scuttlebutt? Is there a team that still sees the talent he has, everything he went through this year medically and mentally and emotionally, and goes, we'll get that guy in our D-line room with a top – 30 pick and he's going to be really good for us wait a second is bj ojolari with the linebackers yes he is he i see now you're sharing my frustration roger this roger. is a mess it's a mess this is ridiculous open I mean, we, your eyes so is uh Derek hall by the way i know but uh, nolan smith is with the d-line i don't know who does this? I don't. I would who actually. Do, who, I would who love to know who does this. Is. That's the that's the intel that we need. Okay, forget everything that we could learn about players. Brian Brzee, Kayshawn Butte, Hendon Hooker. Don't care. I don't care what the NFL thinks. I want to learn who's making these lists. Whose email do I have to get? Telegram. Oh, here's one for you. Will McDonald with the defensive line. <laughs> Oh, Kill man. me. Okay. He looks like a All wide right, receiver so. on the senior bowl field. <laughs> so a so lot of the linebackers, they were transitioning over to linebackers now. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing we just went through. Obviously, I'm very excited to see BJ Ojolari. Um, oh, all, yes. all sarcasm aside. I, yeah, I very good player. I think that he's getting slept on this class, man. I think yeah. we're, we are we are wanting a lot of other edge rushers to kind of like be in that top tier conversation. Ojolari is just damn good at what he does. Oh, yeah, he was a top five he, edge for me on that preview. I think he's going to be, yeah, I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, 
Jack Juicy. Campbell's 40. Yeah, big. I mean, we don't think it's going to be fast. You know, you know who's 40, I think, is probably more important. And just overall athleticism score is DeMarvion Overshone for sure. know, from, from Texas. I think that his his athletic performance is going to be a big deal because that's that's his entire strength, right? Like, that's what he's going to be boasting is, yeah, I'm a former safety. I've got a unique body type, and I'm giving you a lot of speed in the middle. So he's got to be able to showcase that one for sure. Absolutely. And then, you know, one more here. Uh, when you go back to Feldman's freaks, Noah Sewell, whose film we diagnosed on the linebacker preview, did not have a great, you know, season. Mm-hmm. Feldman wrote former high school quarterback. Um, the GPS had him top out at 20.85 miles per hour. That's a good mark. He's benched 425. He's he's a weight room warrior, so he's a guy that has to bench and has to run in a straight line pretty well. I don't think that fixes his issues. But if he doesn't do those things as one of the highest metrics, then you're probably looking at a pretty safe day three slide for Noah Sewell. Uh, Diane Henley from Washington State. And a lot of people were upset we didn't talk about him on the show. And it's, it's not that we don't him. know it. It's just that's going to be the full linebacker preview. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get to I didn't get to watch enough of him yet. Obviously, like I saw a little bit of him at the Senior Bowl. I know Mike Renner loved him. So I got to watch him for sure. But him and then yep. Dorian Williams from Tulane, those are two guys who uh, – We'd love to see how they test because again, if you could stand out as an athlete in this linebacker class, I think you're, I think you're uh, that you're going to make it. Especially if you have like that true linebacker role, you know, like we talked about in the episode, like being able to be a true off ball, not this like hybrid. Okay, what are we doing with you? How are we masking some of your weaknesses? All that kinds of stuff. I think those guys could definitely earn some money for themselves. Um, last group, defensive backs. We got. I, just think, really I, think, I think I think Christian Gonzalez is going to test it. just bonkers. Honestly, I, I think he's going to be six two, uh, over two hundred pounds. I think his vert is going to be over forty inches. I think he's going to run in the four threes. I think he's going to look so good in the drills with that back pedal and how his change of direction is. I think Christian Gonzalez is going to absolutely put on a show from this group. Would love to see it. I really, I really we, do. I, I truly think he, love to see it. I think people are going to lose their minds after seeing him at the combine, and I think that's a that's a bad process because I think it's all there on film. I don't really think you you need the combine to diagnose that this dude is one of the best athletes in the draft, but I think the combine will absolutely confirm that. Two big weigh-ins for me. Oh, the first one is Devon Witherspoon. What does Witherspoon weigh? It'll be because 185. If it, if he can get up to 185, cool. Yeah, maybe if 183. It'll be if, it'll be Jire Alexander all over again. What was no Jire was bigger than that? Wasn't no, he? Jire was I think 183 at the combine. Let me look right now. Oh, I'm gonna look right. Oh, now. Oh, 196. I was wrong. Oh yeah, I was like, there's no way he was 183. That's crazy because he didn't play close to that at Louisville. No way. No, yeah, but he's more filled out. I'm telling you, look at Devon Witherspoon now. Uh, we love Devon Witherspoon. Love the tape. Incredible player. No, he's you, he, he's playing. He looks if, like he's playing at 180. No doubt. If you if you look at him again, the wrists, the calves, the ankles, like he's just smaller. He just doesn't carry sure. a lot of weight in those areas of his body. You, know, you look at his shoulders, and his shoulders are pretty big, and his shoulders are broad. Um, I think his chest is pretty broad. Like I, I so I think the build there is where he carries a lot of his weight, which is fine, but. He's just not going to be somebody who's going to get regularly above 190, 195. And okay, does he need to? Well, 
No, not with tape Tackle, like that. Ta tackle's <laughs> like an animal. Stickiest guy in coverage in the draft. All right, let's look at weight. For I just corners. don't think it matters. He's not short. Lowest weight, for, lowest weight for a corner was 164. I mean, All dude, right. there's been some featherweights. Oh, Jack Jones was 171? He's small. He had a really nice season for New England. He had a really nice season. Marcus Jones is 174. Yeah. Slot only, um, which Antoine, is a Witherspoon. Antoine Winfield Sr. was 160 or 176. Didn't know that. Did not know that. I remember him being a lanky guy, but that's light. That is really light. I'm looking at what Travis Hodges Tomlinson came in at Shrine. He's he was he's his height is small, but Isn't he's he five pretty, seven. He's pretty thick. Yeah. Okay. He was. I mean, he's a slot or a safety then, like a third safety, not like a base package safety. And he's got good tape. He can't play on the you can't play him on the outside. No, he wasn't a. Oh, I don't have the shrine measurement in front of me. I'm an idiot. I'll get it in a second. He was Ooh, speak, five speak. seven and five eighths, one seventy five. Trevor. He was only one seventy five. I'm a little surprised by that too. Uh, the other one's Emmanuel Forbes, right? How yeah. much does Emmanuel Forbes weigh? Because I've seen Emmanuel Forbes mocked the back end of the first round, and and he is very slender. He's just a, he's just a small dude. He's a string bean. No, he's he tall is. though. He is tall, and like part of it goes in the build. I get that, but still, man, if you're, I mean, if you are, if you're that slender, you just don't have a lot of weight on you. You know, I don't want you. What, what, what am I supposed to do? Hey, go go guard DK Metcalf. No, <laughs> like you can't. Like there's well, just there's all of a sudden matchups that you become a major mismatch for if you don't have that strength profile. On. Uh, remember what I said to you too. When you watch his tape, they try to screen him to death. They're right. like, hey, hey, buddy, get off this blocker and come down and make a tackle. They just <laughs> keep tackle. doing it to him. Yeah, uh, he's a feisty dude, but yeah, it's it's he's going to be tested that way. Clark Phillips. You know, how, how what is he going to come in at height wise? Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. he's one of the best corners in this draft, but he's just he's just a shorter kind of guy. You know who you know who a guy who is just not really talked about anymore, who was Eli Ricks? Well. I mean, totally right. fell off the face of the earth. Thank you for bringing up my CB1 during uh, summer oh, scouting. I did not totally remember that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, of course I had, you him, did. Yeah, I had yeah. him as a top 25 player. So listen, egg on the face here. No, so uh, he is obviously a big one. Eli Rex is, is obviously a big one. Brandon Joseph from Notre Dame. Remember well, like a year, year and a half ago, we were all talking about Brandon Jones or Brandon Joseph's apparently like a top 50 pick. I just want to see what he tests as. Because that's the thing. You watch his like tape. Him. I mean, you watch his tape and you go, okay, I like some of the instincts from him. I like how he sees the field. Sometimes he anticipates things really well, but then it's like he puts his foot in the ground and he goes to make a play on the ball as it's coming in. He just can't get there. Like he can't get to the sideline or he can't get to the throwing window. So I have test. summer notes on him and I need to watch him this year to be fair to him after he transferred. Uh, I, I just remember he just could not tackle angles, strength, mm. but I liked his ball skills. Looking back at this, so in 2021, I mean, yeah, I had, he had missed 17 tackles just in the run game. That's a liability. All right, so at the Combine, we have Anthony Johnson, we have Anthony Johnson Jr., and we have Antonio Johnson. Great. Just wonderful. And there's two Byron Youngs in the same draft. Of course. Uh, who are both in the defensive line category, by yes. the way. Oh, yeah, they didn't just throw one to linebacker? Stick. Uh, the awesome. last last Thanks, guy guys. that I want last guy. Well, actually, two guys that I want to shout out. Uh, one, Keytrail Clark, the corner from Louisville. 
I'm not gonna lie, man. I, I did watch not, him. I did not really know a ton about him. I went back and I watched all the practice film from the Shrine Bowl. He's awesome. Okay. He's he he is small. He is a smaller corner, but he moves with that kind of confidence and aggressive play that you want to see. Like every movement is explosive from him. He is he is eyes on the quarterback at all times, trying to make the best play on the ball, trying to make the best play on the receiver. There were a couple of times where he was like calling out what was about to be a screen or a quick quick pass, and he'd be able to beat it and make a play in the backfield, even in practice. And like I don't know, it's just awesome to see. So love the instincts. Love the athletic ability from him. Loved how aggressive he was. He's somebody that I'm looking forward to uh, probably getting to chat with, hopefully at the at the podium sessions and then seeing how he tests. And then the last one for me, Brian Branch. How athletic are you, Brian Branch? Because on tape, you were one of the best football players in this class. If you can test like a good defensive back athlete all around, I mean, I'm I, I I'm picking the dude in the top 20. Lock, lock top 20 pick. He should not be one of those players who you get to the end of a first round mock and you just go like, oh, you know, like I'm going to pick a real good football player at the back end of the first yep. round. Like like the, the class does not have enough players that are good at football above him. If he tests really well, I think he can make a, a lot of money for himself this, uh, when it comes to Andy. One for me is Jalen Jones from Texas A&M, 6'2", 205. This is a former top 10 recruit out of the state of Texas. There were massive expectations. He was solid for A&M. He dealt with, both lower and upper body injuries. So I wonder if in that kind of environment, you just look at him, Trevor, he's got that, you know, he, he has the look of guys like Gonzalez and Porter and Ringo, right? That tall, filled out, physical kind of corner. He had a, an okay college career when there's a chance he could have had a great college career. So how does that project moving forward to the NFL level? And when he tests and he gets out of that environment and talks to teams and, they tap into what kind of ceiling he has. So he could be a day two corner. That could be a long time starter. Uh, Cause I know that people are going to yell at us if we don't talk about specialists. You think so? The only, the only specialist that I really know here is Michael Turk because he's related to uh, Matt Turk. Yeah. It's his uncle, right? Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. Uh, I always liked when BT Potter came out to kick for Clemson. I don't know why I felt like he was there for nine years. He was there for five. I yeah, just—it's such a funny name. It wasn't B- shaky. BT Potter. BT yeah, Potter. BT Potter sounds like a uh, uh, a character from the Greatest Showman movie. <laughs> it, that actually is spot on. Come on, right? That's exact. Yeah, yeah. BT Potter, uh, one of the most prolific kickers in Clemson ACC and NCAA history, is what his okay. bio says. Ugh. Okay. 75.3% though. That's not very good. Prolific though. College bios. You got to remember he's prolific. Whoever writes these college bios, I want them to do our descriptions for the show. Please do. The most unbelievable podcast ever recorded when discussing the NFL combine as prolific hosts, Trevor Sikama and Connor Rogers. Discuss- I'm going to, th- I'm going to throw the word prolific into the bio. And if people don't make it to the very end of the podcast, they're going to think gonna we like, are absolutely self-centered AF. assholes. Yeah, yes, absolutely. I mean, which uh, we are, but you know, yeah, I, I don't know enough about the specialist class yet. I know Turk had a really good college career. That's pretty much it. Oh, Alex Ward is he, he's a long snapper that will be drafted like in the fifth or sixth round. That kind of long snapper could have came out last year, uh, you know, decided to stay. It was at the Senior Bowl. Uh, here's your long snapper take from me is that he's 
he's one of the better ones to come out of the draft in a while. All right, there we go. That is your official combine preview going through all of the invited players. Let us know what you guys think. Let us know what you think of our takes of the players that we discussed here on this podcast. And let us know some players that you might be looking for that we did not touch on, no matter what the group, uh, no matter what the reason, whether it's measurables, athletic testing, interviews, whatever it is, let us know who you were looking forward to seeing in Indianapolis this year. Once again, shout out to everybody who subscribed to the new channel. We love you guys. Thank you so much for uh for moving over with this i if if you see somebody on twitter or you're talking to a friend that used to listen to the podcast over on the main pff channel and they're like yeah i don't know where nfl stock exchange went <laughs> rest in peace <laughs> that's it they cut us you know the beautiful always die young no but point them in this direction we would of course love for this community to be as uh as big as it could possibly be that's when the nfl draft is the most fun when we get to share the opinions with you guys so um pop off in the comments you know that's i think the best way to keep growing the channel um to to keep getting in contact with us if you guys are listening just on audio of course you can still hit us up on twitter at tampa bay trey at connor j rogers you can hit us up on instagram as well um i had a ton of you doing that recently which i love man i, I, yeah, I love hearing back from it's, it's nice. from everybody um Sometimes I'm not nearly as timely as I wish I was with checking oh, Instagram, nice. but sometimes I'm never timely, but we do. We enjoy reading everything. And so, uh, however you guys reach out to us, we, we, we really appreciate it. So, um, yeah, just tell your friends, youtube.com backslash at NFL stock exchange. That is where you can still find the handle. Connor, got anything else before we get out of here? No, I think this was, this was a good, uh, kind of our combine preview. We will still preview the combine with more. Well, we're going to do our- exchange you know, predictions. Like, w- like, remember last year we did the draft? Yeah, we're going to do the draft. Exactly. We're going to exactly. do the draft again. Which was awesome, by like, the who's way. Gonna, who's going to be... So if you guys didn't... If, uh, if you guys didn't listen to it yes, last year... We were new at the time. We basically... We draft against each other live on the show... Who's going to be the fastest D lineman? Who's going to bench the most? Who's going to who's going to you know have the best three cone? Like all this for it's a every calamity. single position group, and it's a really fun way to preview uh, to preview the combine. So but we're definitely doing that. Now, when you get to that episode, you already had your what are the questions of the NFL combine? Yeah. Like why are D line and linebackers the way they are for the for the last time on this show? I will. We say. don't know. We don't, they can't keep getting away with this someone please i'm begging you i might write a handwritten letter to the nfl office and just keep sending it until i get an answer like andy dufresne and shawshank when he keeps asking for books for the library and then like nine months later they're like sir please stop writing us we don't know what you're talking about all right that's enough i'm gonna title i'm gonna title the letter big raj so it's gonna be big raj comma i hope this email finds you horribly as the combine list did me when I saw that Will Anderson was listed with the linebackers. But Nolan Smith is with the D-line. Please write back. Make it make sense. Appreciate you guys listening to the show. I'm Trevor Sycamore. That's Connor Rogers. This has been the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. 